Hello, this is Matt. And this is Cindy. And this is Marado Lens. Welcome back. Yes, and today we have the two beautiful ladies of Real Me In, another podcast that you can find on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Ladies, please introduce yourselves and tell us um, a little bit about your background. Um, I'm Catherine Martinez. And I'm Tina Vaden. And we started the Real Me In podcast, um, just kind of came out of our like daily conversations. We are coworkers, mm. and we would take these like coffee breaks every day just to kind of talk about like some of the shit that was going down at work or things that happened to us in like our everyday lives, microaggressions, and just kind of talking it out like frustrated, like why was that happening? And um, yeah, it went on like this for a few months, and then one day we were kind of like, why don't we start a podcast to talk about this and like open up the conversation to other people, invite people in. And that's kind of where it came from. And we were dealing, well, I was dealing with toxic masculinity pretty much on a daily basis. I'm a creative person in a field that is inherently masculine-based. And my whole experience as a creative person and a professional has always been linked back to that in addition to being a woman of color or a person of color because my gender identity is variant. But like every turn, there's someone causing conflict in my existence and I've wanted to have a podcast for a long time. Catherine and I have very aligned feelings and ideas but also varying experiences because we do have varying identities and it felt like a really great space and opportunity and also it was like if we're both feeling this way all the time Mm -hmm. then other people are probably feeling this way about their experiences which are also different from our own and why not create a platform where we're learning we're also sharing, we're also being able to heal and talk through these things and offer new perspective from people that, again, like have experiences that are different from our own even, um, mm-hmm. but that relate to others. Mm-hmm. That's I dope. That. Um, and you guys, you know, you're four shows in, we've heard most all of them, I think, mm-hmm. between us two. Mm-hmm. And um, I see that the, the stories change, but they always go back to one thing that's very real to you guys, which is your life. Um, so I love that it says reel me in because it really is about real stories, real lives. Do you see this progressing, this podcast, into something more about an activist podcast through these conversations that you're having? Or do you kind of just want to go with the flow and see where it goes at this point? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, we're definitely like going with the flow as we meet people. Just And I think since we've started the podcast, right. just naturally... like. We have met and been introduced to so many amazing people just, you know, in a variety of fields who are kind of challenging the norms as, you know, women of color Mm -hmm. or as, you know, gender non-binary people. Um, So in a way, uh, sharing the stories, their stories can be a form of activism, but we do see in the future having almost uh, kind of of like sit down dinners and meetups where we bring these people together Mm -hmm. to kind of rally around like a specific cause slash just provide a space where, you know, people can feel comfortable where they don't have to pay, you know, $200 to be part of some exclusive like members only club. Yeah. Like one of the things that's really important to us with the podcast itself is inviting people in. Mm -hmm. And we have been talking very intentionally about, um, creating conversational spaces where, it's another form of invitation, um, hosting the, some of the guests that we've had and other people that we know just have met along the way who can facilitate those kind of spaces mm-hmm. and provide 
we might make crafts, you know, for one of them. If we're speaking with an art artisan or a maker, we might talk about social justice if we have an activist that's there. But yeah, just expanding the conversation onto a real life platform that's, you know, in person. Yeah, I heard about that in your first episode, which is why Nat like kind of just smiled at me right now. And I was like, that was so interesting what they said, like intention versus impact. And in terms of like your podcast and what you're giving and how vulnerable you're being on the show, right? Can you talk a little about that? Because I th- I feel like people don't think about that when well, they go well, out a, to the set difference. I think the difference. have a hard time understanding what is the difference to you ladies and mm-hmm. how are you creating a movement through this podcast to change that conversation? Mm-hmm. Well, speaking on intention versus impact, that's something that's super important to me because as someone who is actively doing my best to learn and grow and Mm -hmm. expand my narrative because you know there were words that I said as a kid that I didn't recognize the impact that they had on people my intention was never to hurt anyone but I said and did things that were deeply offensive Mm -hmm. and the same goes for racism you know a lot of people that I know who are white don't recognize that oh I didn't mean anything by it It isn't an apology and doesn't make things better. Right. I have told you that this is painful to me or a group of people that I am in direct contact with. The impact of what you're saying is harmful. Yeah. Like, do you consider that? And if you don't, you, sh- you now I'm allowing you the opportunity to. Right. And if that doesn't mean anything to you, like, that's a problem. Well, I think yeah. self-awareness is the biggest problem with this ignorance. You know, we, again, we all experience microaggressions in different ways because we are women of color at the end of the day and we mm-hmm. don't look like the typical white woman of America, right, in their eyes. But I think the bigger conversation is how do we make these people, these souls, more self-aware? How do we activate their DNA so that they realize that they are the same species as us even if we don't look the same? Yeah. I think that's the bigger question because you can write and tweet all this messaging that's supposed to be empowering and inspirational but if it doesn't click with that person it doesn't resonate with a community of racist people um then it's not going to call it's not going to change much right so i guess my question is how do we make people more self-aware i think saying make is also problematic because we can't make anyone do anything okay but i think that's part of why conversations like this conversations like the ones Catherine and i have are important because it's an invitation in Mm -hmm. it's offering a space that is safe that is judgment free where people can tune in and engage mentally with something right and not everyone might be ready to hear the message Mm -hmm. or properly like process it but if you know somebody has even been thinking at all or like wondering like you know again it's like offering them that information and they can choose to do what they want with it we had several co-workers who we didn't realize even listened to we're like is anyone listening um and uh you know we had a co-worker come up to us being like oh my gosh i never thought about exoticism or i never thought about how That's you so might true. experience you know the dating world or mm. just generally these kind of questions differently than i might experience yeah well, you're experiencing the dating world right now Cindy. oh my gosh well i mean like i'll just like go over it a little bit but just kind of i feel like as if i have to just ask somebody like what's your political affiliation are you a feminist like are you down with the cause like that's so me and i'm like how do i like bring that out in such a way that's like it's not like a that's not daunting but it's also like like this is me and i'm about it and i i i practice it and i and i love it and it's part of who i am and like how do you feel someone out you know and it's it's like this careful balance of doing it like i don't want to like bring like a protest like signed to a date but that's what it feels like so but you should um i know right (laughs) but lately i find myself in a, a way of me doing that is um 
basically like they ask what i do you know every the same spiel and i'll be like oh you know journalist turn like content strategist and i have a podcast on the side and that's always kind of interesting right and this is kind of like how i feel someone out so without telling people the name morado lens i'll be like you know we talk about feminism sex culture all from like a latina's perspective we're super badass and on I think like a cool dude was like, yo, that's dope. I want to listen to it. And I'm like, mm, let me just give you a second. I'll, I don't know if I'm going to reveal the name of the podcast just yet. I don't know if we're there. But and if I feel like a little hesitation from a dude and I'm like, he's not the one. Like, why <laughs> waste my time here? Like, then I'm going to get into like brujanes and intersectionality. And if right. Because there's handle, layers to that podcast. There's so many layers. So I'm like, if you can't even handle that gist, then you're not ready for the rest that comes after that. And I'm like then you're doing me a favor. Like, you're telling me who you are and I'm telling you who I am and we're not on the same page, you know? That's just the way it is. But I have found that I now that I'm, I guess, more woke and I practice staying woke, like, I just... My world is so much better, like, surrounding myself around people that are on that same path. So whoever's not with it, I'm like, okay. You know, and the people that I, I practice, like, not, like, you know, co-signing like on, on the ignorance is my family and my friends like mm-hmm. the people that are like so dear to me that I know don't mean it but I, I pick my battles with them you know like when it comes to calling something like in our town like the Emmy bus referring mm-hmm. to like the immigrant bus like the little gypsy yeah. buses that go well like recently city. someone in my fam said wet back and I got so pissed off and they were yeah. doing a business deal mm-hmm. and they're like yeah well you know you could you could just kind of it's like a like a wet back mentality and I'm like Hello. Excuse you? Mm-hmm. You're a freaking Latina person saying a wetbag? Like, to a white man of a company, mm-hmm. you are completely um, satisfying them, first of all, and you're continuing the ignorance for your own people. What happened yeah. to telling your ancestor story and making sure people don't have that conversation? So I got very upset yeah, yeah, initially, yeah. and then I had to, like, take a few breathers. Mm-hmm. And then I came back with her with more love. Because I'm like, okay, now it's time to learn. <laughs> and this is why you should not be agreeing with that mentality and embracing it, you know, in a way. Yeah. She's like, you're, no, she was like, you're absolutely right. I messed up. And I'm so used to that conversation in corporate America that I become one of them. And mm-hmm. I think it was a moment for her, honestly, where she became self-aware. So she was ready for the messaging, but it had to be delivered with love. Right. Because yeah. if yeah. I stayed on the first track that I was on, it was not with love. It was a lot of resentment there and bitterness because I've been through that. And so I'm like, dude, you're making that harder for me the next time I go. Yeah. Um, I openly talked on one of the Marauderland show back in our first season mm. about getting a nose job when I was 20 and how my mother kind of put that in my mind. And when I went to Ecuador, I met my father for like the first time as a woman. That's the first thing he wanted me to do was get a nose job. Um, and it's so accessible that I got it within 24 hours or less in Ecuador. And it's because I had an indigenous nose. That was their problem. Yeah. And I don't, like, I could live, I live my life loving my nose just because I love myself. But I don't live my life thinking that I should be proud of. I changed my nose for all the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? And so, and it came from my ancestors. So that bothers me. Um so I want to say, like, don't, if you are, especially a minority, do not feed into this ignorance. Like, your job is to be a voice, and it's not, doesn't make you the most popular. And I think that's bi- the people's biggest problem. They have this ego, and they want to be liked so much. And I'm like, dude, you got to be honest about right and wrong. Like, there's a moral story to be told. Yeah. We were just talking about and ethical law today. Yeah. Like, is there such thing as ethical law? You know, where, like, there's, there's a law that's here, but ethically, it doesn't, it's not fair. Hence the DACA law that's going on right now and all these immigrants being affected by this. Because I've been getting that argument a lot. and um, It's the law. like Yeah, like legally. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to stop you right there because 
legally like slavery was legal like domestic violence was legal and then when they think about it like that i'm like it's not about legal because a piece of paper literally changes your mind why don't you ask yourself what's right and what's wrong Eight hundred thousand youth was you know brought here by their parents seeking asylum a better life just like everyone else and some of them don't even find out until like they go get their license or like they apply for college application and i'm like why do they have to like to carry that burden some of them don't even know their home their native countries you know what i mean they haven't been able to go back obviously because they didn't have the paperwork so i'm like it's when i explain it like that and I have, i've had to explain it to um like former co-workers and i'm like you know that i was like sh- two or three months shy of being born in peru like the only difference between me and them is like a piece of paper and they think about that they're like shit i didn't see them like you see me as a lawful person i see myself as a person that just happened to be born in the u.s that's it mm-hmm. and they're like shit like you're right and i'm like you know i try to do good and so do they they want to have their lives and they want to pay taxes like let's think about it like that so i hope one day we could have mm-hmm. that kind of lawmaking um ethical laws hello i think if everyone just took a moment to like like even with what happened in like charlottesville Mm. a few you know weeks ago like if everyone just took a moment to like really ask themselves like why like why do i think this like why am i buying into whatever this is like aside from it being like you said like oh it's the law oh you know we're protecting whatever we deem is like you know american history and patriotism like if people actually asked themselves and like thought about it and spend a little time like googling and really looking into like history slash like you know not just like feeding into fear they would see like you said exactly that it makes no sense and yeah. it's terrible to send all these people home yeah um, or not home to you know the place where they happen That's to be true. Yeah. how do you guys deal with that like i've been put in positions the week after charlottesville and i'll tell you mine if once you you know we'll talk about this week after charlottesville i was in um I got invited to a get-together, and I love them to death. I've known them since I was, like, three years old. It's, like, a friend's family oh, or whatever. Yeah. I was in a home full of Trump supporters. I'm not even going to lie. Like, and just, they're, like, most of Latinos, no? Oh, they're Cubans. Oh, and wow. I love them to death. But and I'm like, guys, I'm going to get a burger when I come back. I don't want a political conversation waiting for me. Because they always love to, like, because I'm, like, the most, you know, talkative one about this. And then um, one of them obviously brought up Charlottesville, and he was just, like, uh, I forgot what he said. Like, oh, the, the media is making it look like such a big deal. Oh my god! And I was like, I'm literally not even done with this burger, and I can't even like, I can't even talk to you right now. Like, are you serious? Like, come on, are you just trying to get a rise out of me, or are you trying to have like a, a like a real conversation? But, but again, it goes back to from a moral level. You don't have to be a Trump or anti-Trump. It's like what you see yes. is facts, and yes. what people are talking about is happening. People are being hurt and affected, right? Yep. And hate is happening, right? Yep. Do you see that? Yeah. Well, his his defense was. Yeah, but Cindy, they have a right to say that. And I'm like, no, dude, that's pure hate. And you're literally like putting fear in everyone else who isn't white. They can't even leave their homes. Like, what would you have said in that moment? Because I was shocked. Honestly, my feeling about all of this is when the fuck is the white supremacy and white nationalist group or organization or whatever going to be titled as the terrorist group that they are? Because everything that they do is if you put it on a piece of paper, it's the same shit as ISIS. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're not brown is literally the only reason why it's considered okay. It's yeah. like the loophole. To and, hate. I brought that up. I was like, you know, what's the difference between them and domestic terrorism? Like I asked it a question. It is domestic right? terrorism. And when there you is ask, no difference. There is no difference. And then that's kind of like my way because it's a family party. It's like literally a kid's party. <laughs> and I'm like, we're having this conversation. And when I asked, I posed those questions. It's, 
they have no answers and then the conversation kind of just you know yeah but you know what scares me the most and i live in a town where they're mostly white people and i am the minority of a suburb um what scares me the most is that they're raising kids all these people are raising kids and that's a generation that's going to be the next ones running for president or for politics or for something and it scares the living hell out of me kids are being raised in this toxic environment where all of these things that we honestly like we like yes these things we experienced growing up they weren't out in the open like they are now so mm. these kids are growing up just yes. like swimming in it yes and being aggressive about it too that's oh the tough gosh. part right because being passive about it it's still look listen i'm actually happy that the microaggression is becoming an aggression a macroaggression because i think that us um as a collective the brown skin brown uh, uh brown skin black skin yellow skin people we need to be like wait a minute we're all going through this. This is not like the Asians and the Indians and the Latinos and African-Americans. This is actually all of us mm-hmm. that they are against. There's more of us than them. And by them, I don't mean white people. I have plenty of white friends. I actually put up an article recently on Facebook and some of my white friends thought that I was like accusing them of that. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I just need this conversation to happen, you know? Yeah. Uh, amongst these suburbs that I live in, there's good white people and then there's racist white people and this is where um, I'm torn because for example I have a good friend who's um, a white woman right but then her husband's a white man who's racist and so we had a very good relationship until he would get drunk and make very racist comments and it would always be played out as a joke and I'm like it's just not funny you know like it's then I asked um, oh they're gonna get like a nanny and I'm like oh are they gonna get like a like a, a nanny, like the one from Brazil that they got last time or from Colombia or something. Um, I was like, they could also, there's a lot of Caribbean women, I said, that are nannies in this area that are always seeking work because that's primarily their their job of choice mm. in my neighborhood. And she's like, oh no, they wouldn't get a, a black person to take care of their kid. Oh. And my mouth dropped. And I almost, I almost think she forgot that she was talking to me. Like, I think that for a second, she was like, oh, that's not my other white friend that I could talk to about that. Um, you know, so I've since then I've kept my distance from these people, um, and unfortunately I have to go to the park and see them. Yeah. But now I, I look it. at their kids as a threat because I don't. That's what they're being taught at home, yeah. right? So although they're innocent at this time, they're, they're, they're picking up in. on all this stuff. If a kid can learn a language at two or three years old, a kid can learn hate at two or three years old. People yeah. don't talk about this. Yeah. You know, so. My fear is very real because when I was six years old, I was minding my business in daycare, playing Legos, and it wasn't even daycare; it was just after school care at my elementary school. And this little boy named Jeffrey, blonde little towel-headed asshole, fuck you, Jeffrey, came up to me <laughs> and was like, "You know, you're never gonna be pretty because you're black." What? I can't and even. I can't even. I just how looked at him. Hold on, it doesn't stop there. Oh, this is what this six-year-old picked up at home. Mm-hmm. I turned at him, turned to him, and I asked, "What do you mean?" And he said, "You're never gonna be pretty because you're black, and black women are never on the covers of magazines." He where did he hear this? He didn't learn oh, that. I curled up under one of the Aww. tables and cried and they had to call my mom to come and get me because I would not come out Mm-mm. and that was the first time I didn't even know what black was I'm six kids mm-hmm. don't know what race is yep. until you're taught and the system is so fucked up that five and six year olds are teaching you that you are less than because so they are being taught and traumatizing the next seed mm-hmm. so that's the thing that once you're being infected by this hate now you are living with a complex that you're, you didn't learn from home it was environmental but the environments have to change and oh. it comes from the parents like when I see little kids 
that are like douchebags there's plenty of like six-year-old douchebags everybody wants to talk about kids like they're cute no some kids are assholes and i've dealt with asshole kids and then i look at their parents i'm like it's a total reflection of who their parents are far from the tree unless the nanny's the one raising the kid alone but even then like that means you need to check your nanny if that's what they're learning um so i you know i'm very careful now the kid that i changed my kid to a new school simply because it's very diverse like it's like literally like every race of the world like there's like an indian black asian it's like they specifically said we need to make sure it's everybody oh included God, the colors of benetton up in there seriously the colors of benetton. <laughs> it's like a perfect it's kind of beautiful commercial. though like i want to live in a diverse place like yes that. because i want all these kids to all be fucking weirdos like be weirdos embrace your weirdness like it's cool you know i hate that there's this disparity you know i hate that my friends that are white in my town have to be like yeah we have some cool latino friends why do we have to say that they're the latino friends or the black friends right it's like i had a a recent friend from the past and i I didn't know what to do with this she hit me up she's like girl when are we gonna hang out i haven't seen her like in maybe 10 years when are we gonna (laughs) hang out i really miss my latina friends and i was like Mm. I, I was like, I, I wish Facebook did not alert this person that I saw this message. Is this a Groupon experience? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what the? I was. I didn't know what to say to that. Hence, I've said nothing. So I just kind of left it there. Like maybe it'll just die away. Like I, I was just like, I have too much shit going on this week. Like DACA, hurricanes. I'm like, I can't deal with that message right now. Like. Does she realize what she's doing to me? Again, microaggression. Probably there's no malice in it. There's no malice. But it's still like... But it's still not okay. Like Tina mentioned before, you have to do your research. You have to become self-aware. And you have to do that for yourself, dude, because you're going to keep yourself out of a world that's very diverse. Yeah. And and this person is not close to me, so I literally chose to not educate or Mm -hmm. deal. I'm like, the life will teach you, not me, because I got my own shit going on. And... Also, that's a really important like self-care thing because Mm -hmm. we cannot be educators all of the time. Like Mm -hmm. one of the other reasons why Catherine and I started the podcast Mm -hmm. and why it's important is that we are privileged. We have a privileged life in the sense that like we do not have the everyday stresses of like knowing what we're going to eat, knowing where we're going to sleep. I've been through that. I know what that life is. But at this point in it, like we have enough strength to have these conversations in a safe space Mm -hmm. with people that support us to be educators in that way. But Lord knows, there are plenty of times, I'm sure in all of our lives, where we do not have that strength. And Mm -hmm. we do not have to, because honestly, Mm -hmm. it is the responsibility of, you know, go get your cousins. Go get your cousins, white people. Like, you may not be a racist, you Mm -hmm. may not be like firsthand causing these conflicts and problems but if you're not talking about it like I posted a quote by Eli Weasel or Ellie Weasel the other day about how indifference also is a cause it supports all mm-hmm. of this hate it supports totally. all of the different things that mm-hmm. are wrong with the system oh, and I yeah. love that you just said that right yeah. now it's, it's so important it's like when people say like I don't like getting involved in politics and I'm like you thing. have to that you is have... a privilege because yeah. if yeah. we have to be involved exactly. in politics every day of our brown lives yeah. every person mm-hmm. of color light brown dark brown what the fuck because ever. we're because we haven't been we have Trump as president now yeah. let's be very honest so yeah. no politics is but our honestly, business like around the table think about it in all brown homes there is some level of political conversation that of just course. inherently happens just because we're here yeah and and we live say, by a oh, law i don't want to be involved it's like <laughs> that is such a privilege yeah <laughs> and if you're seeing that to my face like, that's a slap in the face like oh 
I had to, like I don't give a shit about you. Yeah. Yeah, like, but there's a segregation mentality that everyone partakes in. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when it's Latino focus, I feel like Latinos give a shit about it more, so they'll repost it. When it's the Black Lives Matter, I only see brown skin people posting shit. I mean, I know we do we're considered brown skin, mm-hmm. but I mean really, do you see the white European person posting the Black Lives Matter? Rarely. You know what I mean? But if something comes up about Europeans or the Jewish community, people go fucking crazy. You know, which I'm, my point is that one is not more important than the other. Mm. You know what I mean? People do have a difficult time. It is a scientific fact. It is a fact that I think we are growing out of. I Mm. think it is a mentality that we are evolving from. But Mm -hmm. historically, people, for whatever reason, have found it difficult to relate to a person, place, or thing that does not reflect them. Mm. I think it's because we went through generations of being taught that the individual is so important. Mm. We've been removed from the community context. Mm. Hashtag fuck capitalism. Mm-hmm. And exactly. we <laughs> are really just living in this space where we're finally starting to come back together and recognize that like, I hate it when people that are not of color like I believe in the human race like fuck you mm-hmm. but so yeah. generic right but those I are do. basic those are basic people that is a very happy bubbly ignorant way of saying like, I don't like giving I don't like involving myself in politics or like what have you like I but just, like yeah. I do dream of a day when yes. that can be the thing mm-hmm. like you Amen, don't get to system. say that now no, because exactly. systemically we are so far away from it mm-hmm. but we are part of a general race of people like humanity is that's that's where it ends and we should celebrate our differences we should acknowledge our diversity we should like learn from each other i love having a diverse group of friends and i have a ton of white friends my partner is white like i learn i was socialized white i grew up learning everything about white people ever mm-hmm. yeah abundance abundance of history and facts but i also have friends from every other country in the world and like thank god because i get to learn and grow and travel and be culturally sensitive because of that but like this idea this siloed idea of like if this story isn't my own or looks like someone that i can recognize i'm not going to support it like it's it's starting to crack but it it hasn't fallen yet and that Mm -hmm. is why you'll see like a lot like if you're muslim american and you're looking for your like white friends or non-muslim friends to post about you you might be looking for a little longer than you will if Mm -hmm. something you know happens in italy or france Mm -hmm. that's right true that true how do you guys pick and choose like when to like have those like moments of education as Dolores Huerta said shout out to Dolores Huerta (laughs) (laughs) because it's hard right like you were saying like it's self-care like is this the moment or is this the moment I walk away like is this the moment I choose to be like hold on like do you have the strength to even carry on that that activism yeah and how do you keep up with that strength like spiritually like holistically because it, it takes a lot out of you it's energy when I have a little more time in my day whether it's like interacting with you know, someone on the street who has said something to me, or a friend, or whatever, or family, like you said, uh, that's when, like, I feel like, okay, like, I've got time. I can take the proper amount of time to, like, talk about this and, like, have an open conversation. Mm-hmm. Because when I don't, like, if I'm just, like, rushing around and I witness something and I, and I have to go on to the next one, like, sometimes it might not come out the way I want it to. It might mm-hmm. come out in an angry way. Um, so for me, at least, it's when I'm home for the weekend with my family and I hear them say something or hanging out with friends or, you know, in a cab ride or something like that. Um, you know, when I feel like there's a proper amount of time to have like a two-way conversation instead of simply 
you know, accusing and leaving, but mm. giving that other person a chance to like, you know, talk about what they were thinking or feeling and why, and then for me to respond like, why that made me feel a certain way, why it's wrong, and, and why it's offensive. I am the clapback queen. Okay, clapback. I am <laughs> the friend that lots of other friends have stated, oh, Tina just doesn't know how to take a joke, or Tina just doesn't like stuff like that. Because since I was a child, I have been, I don't know, pursuing the rights of others. And mm-hmm. I remember calling, like, my even my family as a kid were like, oh, like, why? Why? Just why? Like, my grandfather would say some racist-ass shit about people that weren't white and weren't black, and mm-hmm. I would say to Grandpa, that's not okay. Like, I knew you grew up in Jim Crow South, and you're salty, and you deserve to be because some shit happened to you, mm-hmm. but you can't say that about Mexican people. You mm-hmm. can't say that about Chinese people mm-hmm. because it's fucked up, and mm-hmm. it's racist. Black people can't be racist. They can, though. They just can't. Like, mm-hmm. y- you can't do that. And Every, every race can be racist. Yeah. Everyone can be racist. Mm-hmm. Like, Everyone. let's just talk about that for like a blip but and that's shout out to our white people because you know white people probably think like these days they can't even make a comment like they think that we're all like you know but we we acknowledge that every race and matter of fact there's racism within the same country like we're i'm from ecuador there's brown skin people there's a lot there's black blacker skin people and there's like yellow and then very white skin people very colorism it's a colorism thing it really is alive and well well. worldwide worldwide and i think that's the conversation that we need to be having ultimately because you know what it affects all of us hurricanes right now and earthquakes are affecting the whole world and i feel like people are coming like humanity's kind of coming together naturally Mm -hmm. but if we understood that colorism is like this big earthquake or hurricane basically but worse Mm. if we all collectively came back like dude let's cut that shit out like i don't care what color you are you know what i mean we were just laughing about this baseball player i don't know if you guys know he's dominican his name is sammy sosa recently and and i kind of was laughing about it because i saw before and after what he looked like and it's really sad it's actually not funny at all but he looks funny like he looks like he looks like a clown and he did that because he felt the need he said that when he was a baseball player made it big he came from very impoverished place in dominican republic he went to um one of these like uh, clubs and they get there and they don't let him in as a famous like multi-billionaire at this point and he's like i'm fucking sammy sosa whatever the story was and they're like yeah no we know who you are but your color your skin's not gonna let you in to this place today this is like modern oh yeah that's a real thing this is a modern thing in the south i have friends who like travel down to texas serve their country in the air force weren't allowed into clubs because they were black exactly right so it's still happening and he said that was his trauma that was his turning point and went on to bleach his skin to the point that it's just he's a different person and god knows what happens and god knows you know those are chemicals into your body you know Mm. like and your private parts are you gonna bleach that too it's so freaking weird you know but fast forward it's a colorism thing and we need to stop that i think that's the root of the hate if we really, 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 really get the down to it. The root of it is colonialism. Well, People yes. were colonized and taught that there was a standard that yep. equaled freedom and, and wanted freedom and wealth and mm-hmm. still want freedom and wealth. And it's still being perpetuated as ingrained as it may be. It's still there. Mm-hmm. But to go back to your question about yeah. how, you know, when I was younger, I was fiery. I was full of just belief that the world was better than what I was seeing and Mm -hmm. that, you know, there were good people in it and everyone deserved a fighting chance. And I still believe those things, but Mm -hmm. I know that they're not inherently true. 
for everyone. And I also know that people can't hear you when you're screaming at them because I've been screamed at and I shut the fuck down. Mm -hmm. So personally, like I meditate every day. I eat very well. You know, Mm -hmm. my food game is on point. I exercise. (laughs) I like am active in my body. I do a lot of different rituals that have been a part of my life for a really long time. And I'm creating new ones every day. But that's like my, I start the day. Like I wake up at 5 a.m., I'm writing, I'm getting it out. I'm like... So in a way, this is your spiritual ritual. Can you say that? Yeah, like I mean, I have several spiritual rituals. I think this is just my get through life ritual. And then I have the (laughs) spiritual ones on the side that are like a whole other thing. But that allows me to be centered. You know, I have every quote-unquote mental disorder that you can be described with I have panic attacks I have anxiety I have social anxiety I have PTSD like I've been raped like there are things that have happened to me that could like make me fall apart if I don't Mm. collect myself with the start of each day but I do that so that when I go into the world not every day am I ready to have a conversation. Sometimes I don't watch the news because watching black people get shot every day Mm. is traumatic right Mm -hmm. and like watching like humanity tear itself apart for no reason is challenging for me but what i try to do is facilitate space everywhere i go that is full of light and encouragement of people to be themselves Mm -hmm. and that self is always going to be different for me but i celebrate that and when i hear someone say something that's hateful instead of screaming at them i ask them a question like do you know that saying that word doing that thing is considered this. Some people don't, they just don't know. You can only know what you know. I try to have compassion for other people. It's not limitless. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) When I find out that you know and you're just blissfully remaining dumb, I don't like you. And I also self-care. Like I have curated a very nice life for myself in which I have support and love and no longer feel like I'm a piece of shit because I don't mm-hmm. have pieces of shit in my life. There you go. Mm-hmm. But everyone deserves an opportunity to have the learning experiences that I have had because other people cared enough about me and about the world to speak up. And so I try to do it in a way that's mindful and that it's compassionate. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't have Facebook anymore, but there was once upon a time ago where like I went in for people. You talk about trans issues, like you talk about trans people in a way that is ugly. I am coming for you. I do not give a fuck. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if some group of person is not doing well in the world, then I'm not doing well in the world. And if you think it's okay to say this shit about this person over there or that person over there, just because like I'm not like them, like that, mm mm-mm. No, I didn't right. like them. Like, I have been downtrodden and, like, stepped on by someone else. So I'm not going to, like, in the presence of myself, let someone else do the same thing. So I'm not always super fun at dinner parties. <laughs> but, like, I also don't care because it's important. You're you know? welcome in my home anytime. <laughs> you might be the girl that says shit, but I was the girl that was, like, Julissa's going to ask you about that because my family calls me Julie, So they're like, she won't come at you, but she's definitely going to be curious. So if you're going to bring that up, just know that that's going to happen. So I'm so glad that that other women are out there like doing it and taking care of themselves. Like sometimes we feel alone in this world. It's just you and me sometimes just looking at each other like who's listening, you know, we have our listeners write to us and things like that. And they, they give us life. 
you know, or they validate and, sometimes. Sometimes yeah. we question ourselves if this is what we should be doing. And we sometimes think that we're no one's listening. And then when we get questions and comments from listeners and how much it's helped them mm. become their own voice, really, because that's what it's about. Can we activate your DNA? That's what it's about. For yeah. me. And if I can or if we can as a group, like then we've done our job for sure. Go there and do it with love and it'll, it'll work out. You know, I always say if it goes with love. It'll work out. If you go in with hate, it might work out for a little bit. It's not sustainable. You know what I mean? Same thing with this, like, mass, you know, mass farming and, and the farm and the food industry. Everybody thought it's, like, all about profit, profit. Look look what's happening. It's not sustainable because it wasn't done with love. And that applies to our human interaction with one another. Totally. Um, and I'm a little bit, like, the Facebook queen of, like, getting at people if I don't like something that's really, like, inhumane. Um, but I've lately been, like, maybe I should get off Facebook because I get too emotional, you know, and I'm too sensitive. Um like literally too sensitive but also like my spiritual soul is too sensitive to take so i sometimes like i actually don't get on as much lately like to look at stuff because it's just too much ignorance yeah i put a blocker on mine there's like this um google chrome thing that you can do so you don't see a feed and you see a quote it's so much nicer guys (laughs) first of all i don't get distracted at work because i have like a full-time job and then secondly like i don't see all the shit and also i've unfriended a lot of people I just, I just, yeah. yeah. It took a lot of balls to do that, but I was just like, I need my sanity. Like, I just, I can't do it all. Yeah. So they, they're out of there, and then you know, it's, it's a quote of the day. It it makes me want to look at. I look at my own personal notifications, and I keep it moving. Like, that's just. (sighs) No, go right ahead, please. I was just gonna say at this point, I only get on Facebook to see messages from my abuelita. Oh, shout out to abuelitas out there on Facebook. She's eighty years old. <gasps> she sends lots of slideshows about Jesus. I'm just like, oh, I get those from my mom too. And gifts of like Jesus just like shaking his hands at me. It's so cute. She's like, this is for your afternoon. And it's just like Jesus like and moving. A gift. A gift. And I try to only look at that and not look at like the feed. Like, oh. as soon as I, like, take a peek at the feed, I'll, ooh. Like, get, that, get that blocker. It's literally <laughs> changed my, my Facebook game, guys. But I wanted to ask you guys about something you talked about a little bit in your own podcast, which, by the way, if you're listening, it's called Reel Me In. Reel Me In. It's so good. Check it out. It's on iTunes. iTunes. and anywhere else. Uh, it's also on uh, SoundCloud. Awesome. Yeah, we host well, it on SoundCloud because some people don't have access to iTunes. So right, right, it's right. there. And moving forward, you could also use Stitcher, which is a free platform for Android users. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. SoundCloud, after you've only got four shows in right now, but yeah. by the time you get to like 12, you start to pay. Yes, uh, yes. Unlimited. We'll put you on to that. It's, That's it's, for the future podcast of the world. That's just a <laughs> little hint tip for the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you guys, I'm not sure exactly who said it because I couldn't tell the difference between the voices, but somebody said, like, I'm slowly coming into my own brujanes, and I'd, I'd love to, like, talk to you a little is bit that about that. Ca- Hello. That's, That's Catherine. I'm, I'm deep in the bruja already. Okay. <laughs> Tina is definitely deep in the bruja. I, over the past year, as I feel like there has been overall this collective shift, um, between, you know, honestly becoming good friends with Tina, finding you, Natalie, and finding your group, um, Las Brujas. It's a great monthly meetup. Las Brujas Club. Las Brujas Club happens around the full moon. Um, I just think there's been this collective shift for for people to look for solutions and answers and, you know, that going back to that idea of self-care, like looking outside of the traditional, like, reward system and, you know, corporate America and like work 
kind of structure that we all are kind of mm. bound to, like looking innately, you know, looking inward. And I think honestly, being a bruja, and I said this at the last uh, last Brujas Club meetup, it's all about really using your intuition, mm. using, you know, the power and techniques and teachings that have been around for, you know, millennia. Mm-hmm. Um, like really tapping into that and going back to a more natural, um, you know, rooted way of dealing with people and, you know, issues that come up. Uh, because, you know, clearly like living in this world and following like the patriarchy has gotten us into a really like shitty place. Mm-hmm. So I think now more than ever, I've just felt that it's important for me to use my intuition and, you know, your superpowers. my superpowers and tap into those. So for me, that's what coming into my brujaness has been all about and just learning how that's also been um, diminished and how there's a lot of men are very fearful of that, but, yes. you know, really tapping into it. Well, the men that are not for you are fearful of that. <laughs> that is what I am learning. Game, Hello. Right? I'm oh. single, bilingual, ready to mingle, and I'm not down with the ones that are not. <laughs> so, right. yes. It's that's a, what you live and you learn, I think. Like, appreciate this bruja, you gotta go. I mean, literally. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. where I am now. Late last summer, or actually more so in the fall, I had to kind of cut a relationship that I had had kind of loosely for about four years when I realized, like, this person just, A, like, didn't realize how privileged they were, um, also, like, had no care or concern or desire to, like, get to know anything that I was about mm. and was happy to live in this, like, surface-level world of, like, you know, beer and bars and, like, you mm. know, these just very, like, surface-level interactions with people. And, you know, I could have never talked to this person about being a bruja or wanting to go to a meetup or anything like that. And, yeah, I'd cut that person. So did you do it secretly when you first came to La Bruja's Club? Because that was a while ago. Um, <laughs> is that when I when I it was around I think it was around that time. Oh, was it okay? Because I'm like that would be a meetup that they probably wouldn't be okay with or uncomfortable with. So I'm wondering if you like left that journey shortly. No, after. it was kind of around that time. It was around February. I was kind of like, yeah, I'm moving to Bushwick, and I'll call you in a few weeks, and then I never did. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and, and, I'm a like bruja, and now I'm a bruja. <laughs> bye. <feel> yeah. <laughs> it's oh, so true. I consider myself so lucky because of that because my partner. Like, honestly, that was one of the things that caught my attention. We were friends for some time. It was a very platonic relationship. I was strictly dating female-identified people. And it was one night we walked across the bridge after a movie. And shout out to Darren, our third podcast team member. (laughs) Is there one? Is this new? Who's Darren? Darren's my partner oh, of two okay. years. Oh, okay. But is he part of Real Me In? He's yeah, he's, he's our producer. Oh, okay, that makes sense. sense. <laughs> I was like, I haven't heard Darren you on the I show. Like Darren is very quiet. <laughs> he is very, <laughs> he is very <laughs> quiet. He's <laughs> 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 a quiet human. But that is actually... That is what caught my attention because... We were walking across this bridge. We were just having this conversation. And because this was someone I considered, like, friend only, I was being, like, fully myself. Like, Vulnerable. Not that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I've never really gone on dates. I've never dated. I just, like, been in relationships or dating experiences. Mm-hmm. But I've found, found that when I didn't expect it to happen, it was like, yeah, ah, you know, I'm just mm-hmm. going to be me. And then, like, mm-hmm. whoa, here we are. But, like, when I was like, oh, I'm meeting this person mm-hmm. there's a wall you know we can't help it that's what happens yeah but 
I was just like spouting shit out. Like, yeah, I see spirits. I've been seeing spirits talking to them since I was a kid. I've been practicing rituals and what I consider to call magic and like, or what I consider magic, what you can call witchcraft or brujeria or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I was creating my own ritual before I even knew what I was doing. Mm. I'm a witch. And he was just like, okay, that sounds nice. Like, I'd love to learn more about it. He's mm-hmm. like, like, I dig like, it. The, the eyes usually, especially with like male identifying people, especially mm-hmm. cis men, mm-hmm. in my experience, there's like a glossing over of the eyes when you start talking about your own like stuff in that oh. way. You know, the, but the I spirituality. Like, but I feel like confident men who identify, like you say, as like this male kind of figure when they are confident, they actually appreciate that woman, yeah. you know, or that bruja. That bruja could be any kind of, like, gender, but they appreciate because they're almost like, oh, you understand your power. And, like, you know? low-key, mm-hmm. like, Darren's got his own rituals, you mm-hmm. know? Darren's he know got it, the huh? crystals oh, in he the does. pocket. Like, okay. he knows what he's doing. Oh, okay. He knows what's up. And, like, <laughs> I may have, like, a more defined relationship with magic and ritual and than um, other people do, but... You know, I think that we all, if we really look at it, we all have that within us. And I've just taken the time because I was interested in it from an early age to sort of define those things and and learn from other people that had certain practices in their lives. And, you know, I'm like um, multidimensional, like eclectic witch, if you will, in the sense that like Mm -hmm. I bring in other forms of spirituality, you Mm -hmm. know, and I... I love it all, but, like, it goes back to, like, I've had partners that, like, on very shallow surface level are like, oh, yeah, I do this or I practice that. But I'm like, no, like, this is, like, this is my heart and my soul. This is my self-care. Yeah, this Mm. is, like, a part of, like, what I do to be in the world. And I do, like, feel... I have experienced myself manifesting things as a result, you know? Mm-hmm. The the intention that I put into things, the care, the candle magic, the things that I do have brought energy back to me in ways that I have requested. And mm-hmm. so if someone couldn't understand, like, hey, babe, like, sorry, full moon, like, <laughs> got some stuff to do, or do it with me. Like, I've right. brought oh. my partner into my practice That's because so he, lovely. he wants to be there. You, you got know? yourself a snag, girl. Yeah. You know what a snag is? I, I, just, I just learned this guy. <laughs> Sensitive new age guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I think I need me a I snag. I love that term. I like explained this to my coworker, that. like the kind of dude. She's like, you definitely need a snag. And I'm like, what the Since hell is that? Acronyms. I love <laughs> me. I love you, a good acronym. <laughs> oh my God. But like it extends to my friends. Too. Hold on, hold on a second. I just got a text. Silicon Valley just stole your idea. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's on top of it already. Damn it. It extends to my friends too, though. Like being able to practice with groups of people. That's what mm-hmm. I love about La Bruja's Club is like I'm meeting friends in that group, but we're all there together to create safe space and ceremony. And Mm -hmm. I find that in one form or another, my friend, like the people that are in my life now, it's a very small number that Mm -hmm. I call, you know, ride or dies at this point. But I know that I can just be like, hey, like let's light some incense together and like talk about our feelings and like write them down and burn the shit we don't want anymore. Oh and they're like down for it, you know? Totally. Can you invite us like, your next brunch uh, yes. gathering of just... That's off. what it's about. Because I've been saying, I'm like, I do La Bruja's Club, which is very formal in a sense because there's an invite and people come and people I don't know. But I'm like, I kind of want to do an off-site <gasps> gathering with like the Brujas oh. that already been coming and we know each other already. Like, you know, the ones that always come. Totally. I'm like, let's just go and be Brujas 
and take over New York City for today. Like, let's just go, maybe not even bar hopping, because that's always a go-to. Let's go freaking, like, spiritual shop oh my shopping. God. Let's go yeah, tea hopping, you know? honey. And then everyone gets to burn in sage per, <gasps> per like, you know. I love You're it. in charge of sage for the first half hour. Love it. <laughs> You're in charge of the next half hour. So we, like, cleanse New York City. <gasps> I'm so here for that. I am so, can we please do that? I'm planning it now. Every time we have a podcast, like, there's, like, a great idea that comes just, like, by just being here. Yeah, I love it. Is not gonna no, they're not taking they're this. Not take we this have, we're blocking them right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, like we've been taught that our spirituality, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is this other thing, yes. right? But one thing that I'm grateful for is like, again, like I have all these quote unquote identities that the world really makes me. Of course. Out. I walk up and wake up in the morning and walk outside. And I'm like, I'm Tina. And then all of a sudden this thing happens and that thing happens. And then I have to start identifying myself. Oh, I'm not like a cis person. I'm not a straight person. I'm not this and that. I know I may be in like this hetero appearing relationship, but like here's my whole, like, I want to do that shit. doesn't matter. It's so exhausting. My spirituality, my yes. spirituality is also like a part of like who I am. It's inherent. And so mm-hmm. it's like, if I'm not, if you're not going to support me because of my race, Mm-hmm. or my gender identity or my sexual identity or just me like why would i allow people into my life that like aren't down you don't have to practice with me like right. my parents are not super pumped that like i'm deep into the occult at this point in my life they weren't pumped about any of my life choices that were <laughs> like, <laughs> different from what they understood the That's world so to be. True. but they love me and they respect me yeah. and mm. they want me to be happy and they see me like i'm 33 years old i'm grown like you're a grown ass woman they yeah have this respect for me and i have this respect their practices are different than my own like yeah i not everyone in my life is a bruja like lots of my friends have their own religions yeah you know and i respect their religions just as much as I ask them to respect my practice. Yep. And I get that respect. So I feel like if we can start laying claim to this part of ourselves that we're taught mm-hmm. to hide or mm-hmm. shun or think of as weird, we can feel more confident in asking other people to do the same. Right. Totally. Great. That was beautifully said. I love that Bruja segment right there. That was, that was lovely. Yeah. I'm like, that's going to give me life all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be floating. That was wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. That you, that ladies. was dope. And I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up with one question. Ooh, I have this book it. that is called 642 Things to Write About. If you Hello. guys haven't bought it in your journalist, especially, I recommend it, especially with writer's blog. Hello. This like opens up. Um, Love it. But I went to a question I thought would be interesting. Um, it's kind of dramatic. I'm a little bit of a drama queen. <laughs> this <laughs> is actually not a question. the chillest drama queen you ever met in your life. An hour to go, Tina. What, what would you do? An hour to go, and the, before the universe is over. Um, oh, what would, be, what would be the thing or the practice or like anything? First of all, I would eat so much ice cream. I am lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> I would eat every flavor of ice cream that has come out since I was twelve years old. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant too, so I totally feel you. That would probably like take me like only a few minutes. <laughs> um, Have a porter potty nearby, thanks. <laughs> Well, like I maybe would wait for the last 10 minutes to, you know, spend the first 50 doing, um, I would offer self-care. I'm not sure what the thing, at the, whatever the thing I needed at the time would okay. be. Um, it might be write something down. It might be just tell myself I'm great. And then I would try to reach out to the people that have impacted my life and 
whether that reach out is energetic and I just do a meditation with sending love to them or mm. if I'm able, if I have access to speaking to them. I don't have an order. I don't know mm. on the spot, but I would try and do something in person with someone nearby that would have a, an impact in the moment since there's only a few left. And then I would eat a shit ton of ice cream. <laughs> what about you, Catherine? I, I too am lactose intolerant. So <laughs> for me, it might be pizza with like all the ricotta, like all oh. the goat cheese, like mm. all of those like that creamy sounds, cheeses. Yes, I'm getting hungry. That's literally my favorite food. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, so definitely lots of pizza. Uh, and then sim- similar, it just it, as soon as you said that, the first thing that came to me was like I would reach out to the people, like my family, my friends, the people that I truly care about, let them know I love them, and then I would honestly just want to like hold hands with a bunch of people, sit down and meditate, mm-hmm. and just go out in a positive, you know, oh, or as as, as chill way as possible. <laughs> like what can you do at that point? Like you know, just accept it and you know go out with love. I love that. What about you, Nat? Oh, you caught me. So the first 10 minutes would be to just hug my son first and foremost and then do all my phone calls, texts, WhatsApps of the world. (laughs) Guys, I love you. Got to go. And then the other 50 minutes would be um, to life goal. Um, It would basically be to create like um, a setup where all poachers have snipers ready to get them when they're about to kill the elephant or the tiger or the wild. So poaching poachers would be my 50 wow. minutes of last living. So Look I would go down you. with a fight, actually. Very oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I'm all like, Damn. food, hey. friends, and a little photography. I feel like that would be the line, a nice last hour. And that's like, I'm going after the people. I'm going after you right now. Because at that point, I can't go to jail for murder. So. Oh, yeah. oh, look at you. Right? Because that's the reason. Though. We got an assassin up yeah. in the house. <laughs> so we'll just wait for you at home with the pizza when you're done getting those poetrys. <laughs> that's like, going to happen. Like, actually, you have three more years in this life. I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 you, you lied to me. Sensei, what would you do? Oh, man. Just have everyone that I know and love hopefully around me. Just nice big meal with a lot of music and dancing. Some Ecuadorian ceviche? No, God, no. Because <laughs> we all know that's the worst kind of ceviche. Oh, you Unless go. you're trying to poison me. Oh, We're going to have some Peruvian, Peruvian. ceviche. <laughs> I'm ceviche. <laughs> Catherine knows. Hello. Um, that's all of Colombia shouting out Peruvian ceviche as the best ceviche. Thank you very much. She's constantly trying to bring me. I'm Colombian, but I went to Peru and I was like bowing my head down to the food. See, I thought I liked you. I love you now. That's what's happening here. You know better. That's what I'm talking about. I still some food, some love, some really good food. I mean, that's the way to live. And then just photography, dancing. That's just like my happy place. Just being with the people I love and just eating. And then also, this is just kind of a thing, because we're going through such turmoil with hurricanes and tropical storms and earthquakes. People are mm. talking about all this happening, even in Japan. Oh, my gosh. There was a tremor. Um, you know, that our life, we're very, um, anything could happen at any moment. And we're human, so we could expire very quickly without even knowing whether it's because of Mother Nature or mm-hmm. some other situation. So sometimes I think it's important to treat life like you only have one hour left. Yes. Not in my case, it's pretty extreme, but in the point of just appreciating your life, okay. you know, um, yeah. and doing what you're supposed to be doing, whatever that is, in the best way possible. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I totally agree. Somebody said this to me in college. It was um, a therapist 
that kind of disguised herself as a as a guidance counselor. We're like, <laughs> cool, women's circle of color, women of color. I didn't even know it was a woman of color until like oh. that year. And she brought that question up, like, what would you do if you had like one day to live? And she and we all thought about it, and she was just like literally you need to implement that in your everyday lives you and go. when i was like like mind blown right so i've kind of it's taken it's also humbling it's humbling you realize like yeah. what what energy you're putting into your like everyday lives like what's important to you what right. you're practicing right and to all these people that are out there the ku klux klan these white supremacists going back to that like do you want if you had one hour you want to die knowing you were just full of hate uh-huh it's it's yeah. sad it's sad so just something to think about to everyone that's listening today um treat the next hour that you have like it's the most special hour that you have whether that's eat pizza and go shit your brains out like enjoy (laughs) dive into that cheese she's eating and detoxing you're not listening (laughs) (laughs) like do it with and saving it for the end saving that part for the end so stick to lactose free pizza for now but do it with so much intent right yeah to your point do it with love even if the moment's not comfortable do it with love. It's so. always love when I eat pizza. There you mm-hmm. go. I know. We should just go on a pizza yeah, date. My husband's not down with it. He's also lactose intolerant. So he's like, There's he'll do it, but then I got to suffer the consequences. See, am I? That stage goes on for all the reasons that, honey. But, um, but yeah, so pizza date, lactose-free and somewhere real cheese. That's right. It's the next Bruja gathering. And a Bruja's March. Best pizza in Brooklyn Hello. has a gluten-free vegan slice Where? that is life. What is it called? Mm. It's called Best Pizza. It's <laughs> literally called best pizza it is I and it's in like williamsburg giving them a shout out and it's as and what part of brooklyn in williamsburg okay. and as somebody who is allergic to most food i can eat it and it is a bomb i really want to go there you can't, you can't forget that it was, no it's really good we bonded over that slice oh, yum oh. all right i'm totally gonna head there today i've been dying for pizza i'll take you on a date Pizza Sage and Brujas all over New York City. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank, Thank you again, you so ladies much. from Real Me In. We got Catherine and Tina. Um, Thank you so much for having us. Of yeah. course. Thank you both. Thank this you. Wonderful. Love when Brujas connect. Um, love when fellow podcasters connect love yeah. when brown podcasters connect that's hashtag support brown podcasters yes We're all about that um so yeah thank you again ladies so just real quick reel me in spelled r-e-a-l as a keep it real reel me in mm-hmm. um, on itunes soundcloud and soon it'll be on stitcher for all you android users yeah yeah follow them on instagram too it's like underscore reel me in right Yes, please do so, guys. Let's support each other. Alrighty, well, this is Matt. And this is Cindy. And this is Marada Lens. Bye. Peace.